from the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles. Kate Turkington has traveled there, and now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Cape Union Mart. Kindle your spirit of adventure. The adventure starts here, only on 101.9 High FM. Adventure. It's not some rare gene inherited by a few people. It's that human instinct to escape, explore, and discover new places and experience new things. That's why at Cape Union Mart, we strive to awaken this adventurous spirit. Because the best gifts are not things, but moments you create with people who matter. Every adventure starts with Cape Union Mart, with gifts like Salomon, the North Face, and K-Way Adventure Gear. Cape Union Mart, the adventure starts here. Good afternoon. 101.9 FM, I'm Kate Turkington. Very, very good afternoon uh, to you. And remember, you can get hold of me at kate at hi.co.za. That hi, as I always say to you, spelt C-H-A-I, because it's a wonderful Jewish word for love and life. Kate at hi.co.za. And you can, if you want photographs of stuff I talk about, you can go to my website, which is kate at kateturkington.com. Well, I tell you what we're going to do to start the program today, and I can't uh, admit that this is an original idea. It isn't. But one of the big British newspapers, the Daily Telegraph, did, their travel section did what they called an anti bucket list. Uh, the, the particular writer, wonderful writer called Anthony Peregrine, detailed things he's either done and never wants to do again or hasn't done and is keen to do so. And he got all kinds of replies. I mean, it included rock festivals, skiing, swimming with dolphins, spas, souks, and camping. And I put it, I put this idea on Facebook and got some wonderful, wonderful uh, comments from you and also comments from all over the world on the Daily Telegraph site. But I'll tell you some of the South African ones. What do we hate? What do people hate? Aria hates cruising. It's amazing how often hating cruising. People either love cruises or they hate them. There doesn't seem to be any middle path. She says they're cheesy, corny, and hellish. Linda said she hates casinos. That came up quite a bit too. Casinos came up as people's hate things. Moira said fish and she hates fish and chips at Pier 17 in New York. She said it was the worst meal she'd ever had. It was inedible and it ended up in the dustbin. And what came up on the hate list more than anything, and I think again, this is you either hate it or you love it. Uh, Steph said she hates Dubai and Dubai Airport. That, I can't tell you how many times uh, that came up on people's uh, never go there again. Patrick said he hated the USA, the Edenvale Hospital, and flying LL. And he gave a very detailed uh, story of why he hated flying LL, and he did get an apology from them, uh, finally. 
Julia said she hated deep sea fishing in a small boat on choppy waters, and I I can sympathise with that. I I get seasick on Zoo Lake. I'm the worst sailor in the world. But she said the fresh fish supper. At the end, she got over her seasickness by then, more than compensated. Jill said, Disneyland, Florida in summer. These are all hate things. Horrendous cues, vile food, and rude uh, people. Elizabeth, Dubai again. Isle of Kos in Greece. Just an ode to expensive resorts and loss of Greek authenticity and several people said this they would never do again bungee jumping bungee jumping at Vic Falls uh, with a massive hangover said Leon wouldn't do uh, that again Lynn said a tent in the Negev desert in winter with no uh, blankets. So all sorts of likes and dislikes came up. And I'll share some more. Some of them are very, very funny uh, af- uh, after they break too. So what have you done that you'd never do again? And what did you particularly dislike? Where's a place you would never go back to? From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there, and now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Cape Union Mart. Kindle your spirit of adventure. The adventure starts here, only on 101.9 High FM. Adventure. It's not some rare gene inherited by a few people. It's that human instinct to escape, explore, and discover new places and experience new things. That's why at Cape Union Mart, we strive to awaken this adventurous spirit. Because the best gifts are not things, but moments you create with people who matter. Every adventure starts with Cape Union Mart, with gifts like Salomon, the North Face, and K-Way Adventure Gear. Cape Union Mart, the adventure starts here. 101.9 uh, Hi FM, Kate Turkington And I said we're doing an anti-bucket list Where have you been that you'd never want to go back to? What have you done that perhaps you wouldn't want to do again? And as I was saying a bit early on Bungee jumping is on uh, a lot of people's uh, list Yvonne said we're back to cruising again Cruising down the Yangtze River in China There was so much pollution You couldn't even see the tops of the mountains I've done that, I must say And we kept expecting to see three-headed carp or whatever Look, it was a fascinating experience But the pollution is pretty bad Barbara in Johannesburg said Las Vegas I'm I'm going to do a a story with you on Las Vegas in a couple of weeks or so. Love it or hate it, it, it's it's got its own kind of awful, vulgar uh, charm. Uh, Brian said he hates Cape Town's waterfront. There you go. Uh, It's amazing what you've uh, come up with. Uh, Desi said, uh, there's a little town called My Son, which is near Hoi An in Vietnam. She said she's never been so hot in her life. Amanda says, Bali. Yes, um, 
as a couple of a couple of comments about uh, barley. Somebody said it's so full of Aussies now that you don't see any local people at all. Uh, somebody calls Jusri Carlos on Facebook. He hates rock concerts. I mean, I liked them when I was young, but no, uh, not now. Uh, Dubai Airport comes up. Hartenbos. I'm not even sure where Hartenbos is. I think it's somewhere near. Um, it's somewhere near where Bridget Hilton Barber has that lovely, lovely uh, guest house. And Neen, somebody will put me right. Please send me an email, Kate at high dot co dot z a Harten Hartenbos and Umtata. Somebody else said Umtata is the pits at the. Uh, moment. And then Paul said the Great Barrier Reef in Australia absolutely wonderful but the ferry ride to and from the Great Barrier Reef, unpleasant diesel fumes, a hot buffet when it was supposed to be a cold buffet and seasickness but he said once you got there it was absolutely wonderful. So Turkmenistan has come up, Addis Ababa, Grand Bahamas, because it's dirty beaches. These have all come up from you on my Facebook page. These were some some of the ones that came up on the uh, UK list in the Daily Telegraph. I love this. Uh, one reader rattled off 15 places he never wishes to visit again with very concise reasons. Kuwait, dull and no beer. Memphis, very dangerous. Paris, expensive and smelly in summer. Um, Ahmedabad, yes, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Ahmedabad, a badly organised version of Kuwait. Dubai, vulgar and full of Russians. Saint-Tropez, vulgar but possibly fewer Russians now, he says. Venice, like Paris, but with a lagoon rather than a river. Marseille, a badly run version of Paris on the coast. Los Angeles, a badly run version of New York uh, City. Buffalo, don't go there, he says. See Niagara Falls from the Canadian side. I've only seen it from the American side, and I can tell you, I've been, I'm lucky enough to have been to the Iguazu Falls in uh, Brazil. I've been to the Niagara. There are no falls in the world that can beat Vic Falls, Victoria Falls, from the Zimbabwe side. You cannot beat that view from the Zimbabwe side. Johannesburg, more dangerous than... Memphis and Auckland in New Zealand, I love this, far too liberal for its own good. So these, you know, cruising in Dubai, hate or dislike, very, very strong, very, very strong opinions. <laughs> A comment on Australia, A big fat load of overrated hot nothing. I don't know what the Australians would have said to that. Uh, another reader said, Iceland, freezing cold and exceedingly expensive. 
geezers and whales that you can see somewhere much more accommodating, New Orleans full of naftats and druggies, and I love this one, the Maldives, pointless. Mind you, I've been to the Maldives and it's pretty wonderful. Uh, Bali, wonderful once, but now just full of Australians. It just seems that one person's paradise is another person's uh, hellhole. And just finally, to come to activities, what have people done that they wouldn't do again? Bungee jumping came up several times. Skydiving, said one person. I'd now only jump out of an aeroplane if it was on fire. <laughs> I love that. Um, Yes, and the I love this one about bungee jumping, and I quote, it's excessive backtraction with potential death thrown in as an extra. <laughs> Somebody else said uh, what they would never do again, running marathons and wild swimming, the most pointless activities known to humankind. And ballooning was also uh, somebody... Uh, said they'd never do it again. So what are your pet hates? As I say, you can email me at kate at hi.co.za. My little list I put on Facebook, and it's not inclusive, and uh, a very good friend that I went to Burkina Faso said that I'm totally wrong, but I don't think I'd go back to Burkina Faso, although I did sit on the back of a very big drugged uh, sacred crocodile there and had a wonderful, wonderful festival of masks from all over Africa. So it was worth uh, going uh, for that. Uh, things I've done, I wouldn't do again. I, I, uh, several people said they don't want to swim with dolphins. I swam with dolphins in Cuba and it was one of the highlights of my life. It was extraordinary. There were only five of us. We were in, we were just off the shore. Uh, the people said to us, lie flat on your tummy in a starfish position with your face in the water, your hands and arms out. We didn't know what was going to happen. So I'm lying there in my starfish position and a dolphin zooms up under me. And the next minute I'm standing on the dolphin's back, uh, uh, boarding, surfboarding, only for about 20 seconds, of course, before I fell off. Then the dolphins went off back into the ocean. Look, obviously they're fed and they're encouraged to come and interact with vis visitors, but they certainly weren't in captivity uh, at all. That was a highlight of my life. Okay, so think about that just for yourselves too. Not only your bucket list, but your anti-bucket list. Where do you never want to go to? And what things do you not want to do? Having said that, do whatever you can while you can. From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has traveled there. And now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Cape Union Mart. Kindle your spirit of adventure. The adventure starts here. Only on 101.9 High FM. Adventure. 
It's not some rare gene inherited by a few people. It's that human instinct to escape, explore, and discover new places and experience new things. That's why at Cape Union Mart, we strive to awaken this adventurous spirit. Because the best gifts are not things, but moments you create with people who matter. Every adventure starts with Cape Union Mart, with gifts like Salomon, the North Face, and K-Way Adventure Gear. Cape Union Mart, the adventure starts here. Hi FM, good afternoon, 101.9, hi FM. I'm talking now to, I don't know if we call her the queen of the desert or, <laughs> or whatever. I'm talking to one of my favorite people, one of my favorite writers, along with Chris Murray. They, Julian Toy and Chris Murray, have written the most fantastic series, three books called The Karoo Roads Collection. But before we talk about the books, Julie, how did your yes. love affair with the crew begin? I mean, why the crew? Well, good question. You know, I suppose like most travel journalists who crisscrossing the country, um, we found ourselves crossing the Karoo whether we liked it or not. And at the beginning, we didn't like it at all. Um, it was hot. It was boring. We, you know, the N2 goes through, I think, yeah. the, the ugliest part of the Karoo, the N1, sorry. And... um you know, we, we just didn't see anything to like about it. It was dreadful. We, we just put on the aircon and tried to get through as quickly as possible. But then, um, you know, once you start s- stopping, as it were, you know, getting out on the side of the road and standing next to a wind pump and listening to it and uh, feeling the breeze in your hair and, and listening to silence really for the first time, utter, utter silence. Um, and then when you start chatting to people who live in the Karoo, and at some stage we realized, good grief, you know, this is a land of storytellers. What a wonderful, and it's just layers and layers, a bit like the geology, geology of the Karoo is sedimentary, you know, there's just layers of it. In the same way, there are layers and layers of stories. So we kind of got hooked on it. And um, then by 2003, we thought, okay, well, maybe we could live in a place like this. And we started looking for a house and ended up in Craddock. Oh, in two yeah. Guy Butler. So in two thousand seven, we moved. <laughs> did, <laughs> did, did Guy Butler live there and write some of his best he, poetry there? Oh, he absolutely did. He was born here. Um, he wrote his lovely book Karoo Morning yes, here. Yes. Um, and and also Olive Schreiner, of course. So yes. so it's it's a bit of a writerly town, although that's not necessarily why we came here. Um, you know, we just then found out more and more writers. You know, and there's a great poet, uh, uh, Clinton Duplessis. You know, I don't know. There's lots and lots, and we've started the Schreiner Karoo Writers Festival here. Yes. Um, and then also the Karoo Food Festival. So, you know, this is a land of stories and food, quite honestly. I mean, we put a, put on quite a lot of weight when we moved here because all of a sudden lamb and butter and, uh, you know, just, Sounds uh, wonderful. and rusks. No, it is. Yeah, it really is. So, so do you have a, I know this is a hard question. Do you have a favorite place within the crew or is that too hard well, to answer? No, it is a hard one, but, but, you know, we do give this some thought because every now and then we sort of joke, well, okay, if they kick us out of Craddock, where would we go? 
And um, not that I think they have any plans to kick us out, but <laughs> I hope. But, um, yeah, we, we do love Calphinia. We love the little towns sort of in the Northern Cape and um, Williston, Calphinia. Um, we were recently in Merveville, which was delightful. Such a beautiful, clean town, freshly painted. It was just wonderful. And um, where else? Uh, we love Prince Albert, we go, you know, we yeah. visit there a fair amount. Um, Graf Renette is, is a close neighbor and we really enjoy that. And then there's funny little towns that we have traveled through and we sort of despaired of because, you know, this is the thing traveling through the Karoo. You often drive through a town and it's bleak and the wind is blowing and I don't know, it's either a Saturday or a Sunday when there's nothing happening and you think, oh my lord. Murraysburg was such a town for a very long time. We used to drive through and think, oh, shame, man. But now it started to pick itself up, you know, and, and, you know, we're starting to see people restoring houses and, and, uh, opening little businesses. And uh, it's, it's actually just so heartening to see. I've, so, I've, I've yeah, read, it's hard to say. Yeah, I've read a, a lovely story of yours on the Daily Maverick about this, this guy who's restoring a village, rebuilding houses in exactly the same way as they used to be. Built. And yes. I'm going to come back to uh, that, but just just before we do that, Calvinia, I know nothing, nothing, Nick's about huh? Calvinia. Tell me about it. You oh. say you love it. Oh, it's it's wonderful. You know, there's there's um, a great couple who have started up um, the Huntam Hazer, um, and it's Alta and Erwin Kutsia. They came from the, you know, like. It so often happens that you find people who've come from the city and they've settled in a funny little Karoo town and they've just given it their, all their energy and their passion. And they are two of these people. I think they lived in Clarkstorp, Clarkstorp, somewhere like that on the, you know, on the uh, West Rand and found themselves in Calfinia and started buying up houses and trying to restore them. But I mean, uh, you know, uh, the work of, I don't know, it was a Herculean task, but they've now restored a whole bunch of little houses. And, it's, you know, Calphonia is sort of like a small little town. You can practically walk from one end to the other. Well, not quite, but, you know, well, it would be yeah. a bit of a trick. But um, it's just got some lovely eccentric people and features to it. And, of course, it's got the largest post box in the world, which, you know, well, Good that's heavens. just like a minor little thing. <laughs> yes. Well, it doesn't actually work. I think it's a, a, a changed a sort of water tower. But here's the thing. I don't know if you ever saw the story that we wrote about a guy called Franz Hugo, who is the oldest newspaper man, I think, in the country. At no. the age of 90, 90 years old, he is still writing, printing, and distributing his newspapers, um, the Uvernis and, um, uh, what's it the, uh, I can't remember the names now, it'll come to yeah. me. Um, he's going all over the country, 1,200 kilometers once a week, you know, so that's his round oh, trip wow. and he drops in. And, and he do, leaves it to. What does he find hmm? to write about, Julian? 
Oh, you, listen, you would be startled. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> all kinds of things happening in the plot lines. I mean, everything from Jim Connors to church uh, events to uh, strikes at certain mines to um, <laughs> and and then we, we sort of went and we interviewed this chap, France and his wife, Maxie, who used to be curator of the museum there. Long chat and very excited. You know what newspaper people are like. Yes. What a, what a, what a, what a. And then, um, then we said, please, can we take a picture of you in, in front of the giant mail, uh, uh, post box? Great. He says, and then afterwards he says, can I take a picture of you guys too? Oh, sure. So he takes out his cell phone, snaps a picture of us. Anyway, we carry on our trip. And then we, a few days later, we're in, uh, where were we? Williston? No, we were in Loxton, one of his distribution points. And we saw at the co-op, we stopped there to do a bit of shopping and we're paying. And I sort of saw, we saw a, a newspaper post outside saying, die karoo is hul se brood in butter. The karoo is their bread and butter. And we thought, oh, I wonder who that is. And uh, there we were on the front page. <laughs> love it's that. too classic. <laughs> I love it. And, and going back to the, the guy who is restoring houses from scratch and um, putting in those yes. those corners i don't know what you call them those special almost like a dovetail uh corner yes on the building. Cor- yeah it's called coining q-u-o-i-n yes yes it's a word. very special oh yes excellent <laughs> um yes <laughs> yes chris actually my partner chris actually still remembers you and your scrabble uh talents <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, formidable. I, I don't do it anymore, but I, I'm a start again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes, this guy is, um, he, he started, he bought up a few places in Ritbron. He, he went there ages ago when there was almost nothing. Um, he, oh, wait, wait, what's his name again? What, um, what, anyway. Julie, what's the lifeblood of these uh, little towns? Well, I mean, what, oh. why, why would somebody like that start building houses or re, remodeling houses? Yes, oh, it's Anthony Cohen. Okay. He came there. He was he used to work, I think, in the Cape Town in the, the municipality. Um, but he always had this love for old houses and restoring and so on. And he came to Ripron with his mother, I think. And the houses were going for almost nothing. I mean, they were a few hundred rand. I mean, this is uh, about ten or fifteen more years back. And he, he couldn't resist it. He bought up a whole bunch, and his mother settled in one. And he 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 almost bought up a whole block. Yep. And um he he so wishes that he'd come earlier because already people you know, people who are in a town often don't sort of value it and they've no. started selling off their old furniture and you know, the mm-hmm. houses and so on and and the the wood. But um anyway, so he's sort of made it his life's passion to restore these little houses. And I mean he lives on uh, the, the smell of an oil rag really. Mm-hmm. Um and he works with one chap, but he works to very specific mathematical principles, um, the perfect mean, which is sort of like a, uh, a proportion, you know, so it's a very pleasing proportion to the human eye, and it's repeated again and again in nature. I mean, it's every single petal leaf. Yes. Yes, yes. So, um, and he's just sort of like plugging ahead and restoring houses for people and doing the most amazing work in this 
fly swept little town which is sort of in the middle of nowhere, kind of between Beaufort West and Willow Moor and points beyond. I mean, it is just a tiny little dorp and it's, you know, everybody says the Karoo is flat. Um, in fact, it's not. There are mountains all over the place, but Ritbron, the, the horizons are just so open. You know, you can just, just do a 360, just sort of stand there in a circle and just look at the, the most incredible landscape. And, um, and that fresh all air, these little houses. That air. That air yes. Oh, isn't it? Oh, no. and then when the, the smell of rain, when the rain yes. hits the dust, they, oh, you just want to, <laughs> you, want you know, to people it. say they actually pick, you actually want to eat it. So it's just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And people actually do sometimes eat the soil, you know, when that, that rain is falling because it's so, it's like bread. It's a smell of, you know, you can't resist. Yes. Yeah. Now, now tell me about, they, tell me about the books. You've got three of them. You, you call them, you call all three the Karoo Roads collection. Tell me about them. What's in them? Are there stories, pictures? I know you're both great photographers. Uh, well, Chris, Chris actually takes most of the, the, the photographs and then we split up the, the stories. But basically it's, it's all the, okay, let me tell you how it started. Yes. Um, yeah, we've written, we've written Karoo books before, uh, three or four, um, yes. Karoo Keepsakes, one and two and Road Tripper, Eastern Cape Karoo. And then I wrote a book on moving to the Plutlands. Well, we both sort of wrote that and, you know, which included a lot of Karoo stuff. And then, um, in 2020, um, as you know, a lot of magazines closed down, including the one that we wrote for twice a, a month. You know, we had two stories in a month, and that was Country Life. And oh, such a very, great magazine, too. Yes, we also we loved yeah. it, and um, and so many people did and still miss it. Um, anyway, we were devastated because that was quite a big part of our income and the reason why we travelled and so on. And uh, we thought, good. Grief, what are we going to do now? Anyway, Chris, after a few days, said, you know what? We're sitting with all this content. We're sitting with all these pictures and all these stories that were in the magazine um, and and a lot of stuff that didn't ever appear in magazines. I mean, you know, when we go on a trip, Chris dedicates himself to the photographs. I dedicate myself to taking notes. Yes. And I write screeds of notes. Yes. Everything that happens, the observations, the interviews, the, you know, everything. And a lot of, I mean, only a fraction, only a fraction of that actually appears in print in the end. So we just thought, well, we're sitting with all this stuff. What can we do with it? And, um, we thought, okay, well, we've got a little newsletter mailing list of about 2,000 people. Um, we can, Afford to put together an ebook, you know, uh, that, that'll, we'll just have to pay a layout person yes. because we don't have to print. But if we, if our readers are interested in buying a print book, we'll just ask, are there 500 commitments, you know, um, yeah. to do this? Well, we were overwhelmed because like within a few weeks, we had 500, we actually had 600 commitments, which is a uh, hundred more than we needed. So, ta-da, we had a, a book on our hands and uh, we gathered together some of the old things and some of the new things and put together this this book with, which has lots of stories about all kinds of things and it's got pictures throughout, black and white pictures. And this, the content is, a lot of it is about characters, a lot about eccentrics because let me tell you, there's no shortage of eccentrics in the Karoo. <laughs> <laughs> Pressed down and running over, really. Um, and, and interesting hidden histories, you know, that 
With regard to, uh, you know, old hotels, you know, like Mikey's Fontaine, yeah. uh, the diamond industry in the Karoo has unfolded in weird and wonderful ways. Um, the, the ostrich industry, I mean, that was also an interesting yeah. sort of like how that started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, like, um, the, the rock gongs and the etchings, the rock etchings in the Karoo, um, and the, the animals, how they, you know, the, this, at least the Mountain Zebra National Park, which is just outside Craddock, yeah. how yeah. that was formed and how various people were involved in. So it's like, it, it, it brings in quite a lot of stuff, you know, so it's history, it's heritage, it's interesting, it's architecture, it's, um, and as I said, a lot of characters, interesting characters. So we you put these a, together. I, I asked you earlier, uh, do you have a favorite place? Do you have a favorite story? Oh, no. <laughs> Goodness. It's always the latest story, I suppose, whatever's absorbing us at the time. Um, you know, we've just come back from Philippolis, and so now we're all terribly excited at the people that we've met there, you know, and we're going to be planning another chapter on Philippolis. Which is amazing. Also... I was there about three weeks ago, funnily enough. Oh, really? And it was something like... I, I forget how many national monuments are not called that anymore, but that one main yes. street with the big NG Kirk at the end, there's so yes. much history and so much going on in that little town. No, it is. No, it is. And then we also, you know, the, the Jewish people, they were the big, uh, there was a big thing about the Jewish smosa and the peddlers that came to yes. the Karoo from Lithuania and settled in and became amazing businessmen and traders and worked themselves up, you know, from carrying clothes on their backs and walking for miles and miles to getting a horse and cart to then eventually starting, you know, little stores and so on. And then just tracing that, those little bits of history and finding out what happened to those people, you know, um, yes. we found the Jacobsons, what they call the Buddha Yuda, you know, so they are the Jacobsons, Jewish family, Orthodox, they still observe, you know, all the rituals and eat kosher food and so on. Um, there they are farming away from the 1950s onwards, very happily on their farm just outside Philippola. So we went to visit them. And then we went Jewish, to go to the Jewish cemetery. I went into, there's a portion of the cemetery in Philippolis that's dedicated yes. to Jewish graves. Abs absolutely. And in fact, if you go to almost any Karoo town, you'll find a Jewish section and usually very well cared for. Um, ach, yeah, no, it's beautiful. And then you see what happened to the old synagogues. In some places like California, one of our favorite towns, yeah. as we said, um, it, it was turned into a museum. Beautiful. It's such a well worth going to. What a lovely museum. Yeah. And then, um, in other, other places, there was just like a Hrafrenet had a very small Jewish, um, settlement, uh, you know, uh, Population. They just had a small building. Anyway, that's now the Porstaff Club. You know the 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 pigeon. Uh, what do you call it? Those flying racing pigeons. Uh, messenger, messenger. Yes, those. racing pigeon. And racing pigeon club. Yeah. And in Craddock, it became the Legal Aid Building, which is you know it's now unrecognizable. In Uniondale, what a beautiful building. It's still got the old um, murals. What do you call them on the top? There's there's uh, on the ceilings. Beautiful painted. Uh, um, uh, scenes, yeah. and they do Pilates there. Goodness me. So you know, <laughs> you know. So you go to all these places, and there's like almost there's there's just these intriguing traces left. So we're busy working on that. And um, yeah, so it's very hard to say. Oh, this is our favorite story because yeah. uh, you know, yeah, we, you know, as we travel, we 
meet new people and are fascinated. And we find incredible success stories sort of hidden in the Karoo, like um, the Huntsam Community Education Trust, uh, which has been going for nearly 30 years, just south of Colesburg. It's a farm school that will knock you uh, off your seat. It is just incredible what those people are doing there. You know, these, these, the children there who are farm workers children, you know, who would normally yeah. not really have much of a chance are becoming doctors, welders, bank tellers, yeah. um, accountants, you know, um, and those who fall between the cracks who didn't finish their matric for whatever reason are offered another opportunity. They have the Huntam Hospitality School where they, they taught cooking, uh, front of house, um, computer skills and so on. And now they've also started up a handyman school. Well, this is, I mean, this is just too oh. fabulous for words. So they've made, in 30 years, they've made such a vast difference in that area. You know, um, but who's heard of this? Unless you involved well, in education, to, you, you probably. Uh, thanks to you and Chris and your your books. I mean, I think people listening. I mean, now I want to go to that museum in uh, Carfinia. I want to go and see those little houses that that guy's uh, replicating and, and, and remodeling. And just finally, uh, Julie, where can we get hold of the books? Okay, well, you know, we, we do, we, they are on sale in some independent bookshops, like, yeah. you know, Fogarty's in PE, yeah. uh, Clark's in Cape Town, Cork Bay Books, um, Love Books up in Joburg. But most of the book, they usually sell, sold in farm stores in the Karoo. So you, you know, and I can't begin to tell you, they sell like hotcakes. I'm sure they And do. then we, and then you could also just contact me. Um, you know, we've got a special rate going at the moment, 800 rand for the three, including courier. And so you would just email me on julie at karoospace.co.za and I can send the banking details. Oh, that's but, um, wonderful. Oh, thanks so much, Julie. I mean, we could talk to you and listen to your stories uh, all afternoon, but keep doing your good work. Next time I'm traveling yeah. through the crew, I'm coming to uh see you and uh thanks definitely for yes we'd books. love it that was julian Dutoy. she and chris murray are authors of these three wonderful books can't recommend them highly enough you, you they've got gorgeous photographs they've got stories stories you wouldn't believe uh it's almost like fiction but they're not they're real stories real uh, people, you can get them at independent bookstores, and as Julie said, you can email her at Julie J U L I E at Cruise or one word Julie at Cruise From the highest mountains to the bluest seas, the driest deserts to the icy poles, Kate Turkington has travelled there. And now she's inviting you to travel with her through your radio. Travels with Kate is proudly brought to you with the compliments of Cape Union Mart. Kindle your spirit of adventure. The adventure starts here. Only on 101.9 High FM. Adventure. 
It's not some rare gene inherited by a few people. It's that human instinct to escape, explore, and discover new places and experience new things. That's why at Cape Union Mart, we strive to awaken this adventurous spirit. Because the best gifts are not things, but moments you create with people who matter. Every adventure starts with Cape Union Mart, with gifts like Salomon, the North Face, and K-Way Adventure Gear. Cape Union Mart, the adventure starts here. 101.9 High FM, Kate Turkington. Time to talk books. Armchair traveling, airplane traveling. If you're lucky enough to be able to read in a vehicle, vehicle traveling, or just when you want to travel with your mind somewhere where you haven't been before. I've just finished. I am a crime fiction junkie. I must fess up to that. I think I've told you that before. And one of my favorite, favorite authors is somebody called Daniel Silver. He's he's been described as a world-class practitioner of spy fiction. Think of him in the same kind of league as John Le Carre. This isn't rubbish. This is beautifully written good characters, good plot, crime fiction. He's a number one best-selling author all over the world, 25 books, critically acclaimed around the world, translated into over 30 languages. But the most of his books, I think 21 of the previous books, are about Gabriel Alon. I'm not sure if that's the right way to pronounce it, Gabriel Allen or Gabriel Allen. He's an Israeli master spy and now in this latest book, former chief of the Israeli intelligence service. And the latest book is called Portrait of an Unknown Woman by Daniel Silver, published by Harper Collins. And Gabriel Allen, I'm going to call him Allen, put me right if I'm pronouncing it wrong. He's now retired and living in Venice with his young wife, Cara. And she's daughter of the chief rabbi of Venice's rapidly dwindling Jewish community. But for purposes of the book, she's head of a restoration company. And the restoration company restores old works of art and buildings and sculptures, paintings, that kind of thing. Now, before the Israeli intelligence service recruited him, as a young man, Gabriel Allen had served his apprenticeship in Venice as a restorer and, in fact, had restored many of its great masterpieces. But what was so interesting and useful was his successful career as an art restorer served later as a very, very useful cover for his espionage activities. And he's a master of something called Krav Maha. Um, Again, I'm not sure of the... Uh, exact way to uh, pronounce that. I'd never heard of it. Ma- many of you probably will. It's Krav Maha. K-R-A-V, first word, second word, M-A-G-A, Krav Maha. And it's an Israeli martial arts discipline. I mean, we know a lot about um, uh, 
Asian martial arts, but I was not aware of an Israeli martial arts discipline. And how it's characterized, he writes in the book, is by constant aggression, simultaneous offensive and defensive measures, and utter ruthlessness and speed is prized above all else. And when there are contests, they're very, very short in duration, no more than a few seconds, and very decisive in outcome. And, of course, our hero, our anti-hero maybe, Gabriel Allon, is a skilled Krav Maha master. So it's an absolutely super book. I've loved it because it also is a lot about art. It's a lot about Venice. It's about forge paintings, how you forge an old master and how uh, experts can sometimes tell forgeries um, from the real thing by something called crackalure. One of my daughters did a a master's in fine arts. I was able to chat to her about this. What's crackalure? When a painting ages, and I googled this, and I googled a picture of uh, the Mona Lisa, her face, if you look at it close up, is composed of little tiny cracked squares. The paint has cracked, crackalure, over the centuries. So her face and that particular age of the painting and the style of the painting has aged in a particular way. And it's very, very hard for a modern day forger to forge that kind of aging. They can do it. And in the book, and again, I, I, I went to bit of a better source than Google. I went to Encyclopedia Britannica. They reckon that a huge percentage, they won't put a number to percentage, but a huge percentage of paintings in the National Gallery in London, in MoMA, Museum of Modern Arts in, in uh, New York, in the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., that a huge number of paintings in the world, hanging in famous galleries, are actually forgeries. And the museum curators actually know this, but they don't let on. I mean, I had no idea. I did read with great distress. Um, I didn't watch it, a carte blanche recent episode where they looked at the Johannesburg Art Gallery. Many moons ago, I'd sat on the Friends of the Johannesburg Art Gallery Committee, but now, and they've got some amazing works there. They've got some Dutch masters. They've got a Picasso. Apparently, they're in ruin. They're covered in mould. They're standing in, according to carte blanche, I don't know, I haven't been there recently, so this is alleged. It's alleged there going mouldy, they've been stolen, they're in people's homes. Oh, such a sad, uh, such a sad, sad story. But I can really recommend the whole series. And you know of um, Daniel Silver, and you know how exciting it is when you find a book and you love the author and then you look at the backlist and you think, oh, wow, there's 20-odd other books now. I can read. I had read some of Daniel Silver's books before, but I'd quite forgotten about him. Now I'm going to go back and certainly read the ones I haven't read. So it's Daniel Silver, 
Portrait of an Unknown Woman, published by Harper, excuse me, Harper Collins, and it's really beautifully written, literate, gorgeous descriptions of Venice, interesting uh, stories about old masters. He does the tells us the whole story of how the Mona Lisa was stolen and how it stayed in a kist, a chest in somebody's bedroom for donkey's years before they finally uh, traced it. So there you go. Uh, lots of books for you to read and enjoy. We'll be back next week. That's Uzi, my controller, and Harry, my uh, producer. We three will be back next week with more travel, more books, more interesting people to chat to and share with you. So lots of love, lots of life, travel safely, and look after yourselves and look after others too.